you would look with me in the scripture to the book of Colossians to chapter 1. The book of Colossians and in chapter 1. In our Bible study this morning, Brother Justice spoke on the exaltation of Jesus Christ. My message is the preeminence of Jesus Christ. Again, they go hand in hand. I want to read in Colossians, and we'll begin in chapter 1, in verse 1, and read through verse 20. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, us, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven whereof ye heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. As ye also learned of Epaphras, my dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father. I must go pause there. You'll notice as we continue to read, he makes a list here of reasons to be, give thanks unto the Father. Verse 12 again, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him 
and for him. For he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And I'll end the reading there. The basis for the message is verse 18. The words that are recorded there, and especially the last phrase, that in all things he might have the preeminence. That's mentioned here quite often in our church. Jesus may have the preeminence. We could look at the wording in verse 18 and understand it in this literal fashion, in all things, that covers everything, in all things, both material and spiritual, he might hold first place. Our English Bible says that in all things he might have. In the original, it's that he may hold first place place in all things. As individuals and as a church, if Jesus Christ does not have first place, there's a serious fault and error. If he does not have first place. I'm not going to read all of this again but I'll point you back to beginning in verse 12 where I paused a moment ago, giving thanks unto the Father. Then he lists five things, reasons for us to give thanks. And he brings us on down to the creation. He is the creator and the sustainer of all things. All things are created by him and for him. He is the head of the body of the church, the firstborn from the dead. And it says that in all things he might have the preeminence. But if you notice in your Bible, the next verse tells us why. Verse 18 again, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Verse 19, for or because it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. There's no other reason for Christ to have the preeminence. It just pleased the Father that in his Son, Jesus Christ, all fullness dwell. And we know 
that all the fullness of the Godhead did dwell bodily in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is writing to the saints at Colossae, and he's writing to them concerning Jesus Christ. And you simply cannot read this epistle without reading of Jesus Christ and his redemptive work. That was just the theme of Paul's teaching and Paul's uh, preaching. Again, uh, verse 13 and all the way down the verses following that. God so ordered and ordained that all of these things would point to Jesus and tell of Jesus and that he would have the preeminence. God simply has ordained that Jesus Christ, his son, be first. He has the preeminence in all things. He has first place. I would say this without any hesitation. He has first place in the Bible. Genesis to Revelation, everything tells us something about Jesus Christ. There is no biblical doctrine that you can rightly separate from the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is about Him. The great fault of so many today is that they want the preeminence rather than Christ having the preeminence. Religion today is man-oriented. It centers around man rather than the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the major error of modern religion and modern churches. It's not about Jesus. I mentioned earlier that the wording in the latter part of verse 18 is mentioned here. I often pray that Jesus will always have the preeminence in this place. Others here pray that same thing, that Jesus would have the preeminence. Hold your place, if you would, and go with me to the book of Second John. In the book of Second John, and here I want to read verse 9 and verse 10. 2 John, I'm going to read verse 9 and verse 10. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. Now we all just let that soak in. That's just a declarative statement. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, 
receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's feed. I read these verses just to make us aware of what is stated here, but also to point out in verse 9, the word abideth is used twice in that verse. The word abideth simply means to stay the course. Stay the course. Abide in the doctrine of Christ. Stay the course. Jesus with the preeminence. Look at the book of 3 John. In verse 9, John said, I wrote unto the church, but the offer, the offer received, I can't say that word, the offer, Brother Justice, pronounce that word for me. I couldn't get it out. Notice what it says about him. Who loveth the preeminence. Who loveth the preeminence among them receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, pratting against us, with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Think for just a moment. Here's an individual in the days of John, who loved to have the preeminence in this church. Whatever church that was he was writing to, he loved to have the preeminence. That means he did not love for Christ to have the preeminence. This one, John said, receiveth us not. Boy, there's something bad wrong. John said, if I come, I'll remember his deeds, which he doeth, pratting against us with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth him out of the church. Anytime anyone assumes preeminence in any church, the church is in danger. It'll be a downfall. It'll be a downfall. It does not matter whether it's the pastor or any other member of the church. If they seek to have the preeminence rather than Jesus Christ, there's something terribly wrong. And it'll just, it'll just deteriorate like a cancer from one to another. Can you imagine a church? And again, I don't know what church this is. But this one had such influence that they would not even receive 
John. They would not receive their brethren. They cast some out of the church. Because one individual sought the preeminence. Our text in Colossians chapter 1 and in verse 18 sets forth the biblical truth that he, Jesus Christ, might have the preeminence in all things. I'll say again, wherever you look in the scripture, you're going to find Jesus having the preeminence. Whether it's in the Old Testament and according to Acts 10 verse 43, to him give all the prophets witness. What did the Old, Old Testament prophets write about? They did bear witness of Jesus. And certainly throughout the New Testament, it's Jesus over and over and over again. It's Jesus. I want you to notice with me in the book of John in chapter 14. And again, it's words that are not new unto us. Everyone here ought to have these in their memory. But Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And I want you to notice what he says. Verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. And then Thomas speaks up. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we Know the way. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Thomas said, how can we know the way? How can we know the way. Remember that Jesus had said, The way ye know. But Thomas said, How can we know the way? And it's Jesus' answer to Thomas that I want you to notice carefully, recorded in verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way. Now, again, our message is the preeminence of Christ. He's telling Thomas, if you want to know the way, it's me. No other way. No other way. 
He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you notice in verse 6, everything is concentrated in his answer to him being the way. I notice that he did not say, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Even though those things are true, it's not what he said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We could explain those words in several different ways, and I think they'll all be true. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I remember Jimmy Davis hearing him preach on several occasions on this passage, and he would always say that without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. And without the life, there is no living. It's all in Jesus. It is all in Jesus. Jesus is speaking of the way. He is going to the Father. And he's telling him that he is the way, he is the true way, he is the living way. It all centers upon the answer, the question of Thomas and his answer. He did not deviate and go off into different directions. He is telling here about the way. He is the way, the true way, the living way, and there is no other way. He has the preeminence in the way. If there was some other way, if there was some other access under the Father, other than by and through Jesus Christ, then he would not have the preeminence in this matter. There would be something else equal with him. Have you ever heard people say, well, we're all trying to get to the same place. We're just going different ways. Well, there's just one way. You try another way and you'll wind up in hell. Jesus is the way. And there is no other way. He said very plainly in verse 6 of John 14, No man cometh unto the Father but by me. No man cometh unto the truth of God the Father except they know Jesus Christ as the truth. He said, I am the truth. I am the truth. You think anyone will know God the Father without knowing Jesus Christ as the truth? No one will possess that life that comes from God the Father without that life which is in Jesus Christ. He has the preeminence in all things. There's a biblical truth that many do not understand. No one will ever know God the Father 
until and unless they know God the Son. Just won't happen. People can preach, teach about God the Father all they will if they exclude Jesus Christ from having the preeminence. And they have a faulty message. It's a faulty message. Look in Matthew chapter 11, and I'll show you here why I said what I just said. Matthew chapter 11, and in verse 27, Matthew 11, verse 27, Jesus said, All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Jesus is the revelation of the person of God the Father. He is the revelation of the truth of God the Father. He is the revelation of the life of God the Father. He is the revelation of the way to the Father. And again, that's what John 14, 6 is about. Thomas said, how can we know the way? Jesus just said, well, look to me. You don't have to look anywhere else. I'm the way, the true way, the living way. Jesus has the preeminence. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, if you want to turn there, I'll just mention what it says. It says, the world by wisdom knew not God. The world by wisdom knew not God. Have you ever wondered why? Because they know not Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know God the Father. You just don't know God. He's the way to the Father. And, and that's just not just our going to glory one day. In our salvation, He's the way to the Father. He's, he, is, he is it. He has the, the preeminence. God has so ordained that if anyone knows him, if anyone comes to him, they'll know him through Jesus Christ and they'll come to him through Jesus Christ. The unbelieving world does not know God because they don't really know Jesus. Paul wrote one time about another Jesus. Another Jesus is preached quite frequently all across the land. Have you ever wondered, and I'm sure you have, why is it some people just cannot grasp the deeper doctrines of God? Why is it some are so shallow in what they know. Well, the fault lies in many different places. But the main thing is they just don't really know Jesus. 
I'm not saying they're not saved. They just don't really know Jesus. Nobody has ever really told them about Jesus. Who is? Who is he? He died, but why did he die? For whom did he die? If you're ever in a conversation with someone that does not really know the things of God, I would advise you, don't carry them to Romans. Don't lead them to the first few chapters of Ephesians. How about carrying them to the book of John? There they'll learn about Jesus. There they'll learn about Jesus. Once one learns about Jesus, they learn about God. Jesus is the revealer of God. Before anyone will ever know about a sovereign God upon his throne, they must first know about a Savior, Jesus Christ, upon the cross. Point them to Jesus. Point people to Jesus. If you want people to understand the grace of God, point them to Calvary. The mercy of God, the holiness of God, the very justice of God. Point them to Jesus, suffering and dying at Golgotha. He has the preeminence. Point people to Jesus first of all. Where does all the false doctrine in religions originate? and ignorance of Jesus. I can assure you if a person is right on the person, deity, and work of Jesus, you don't have to worry about them anywhere else. They'll be right. Get right on Jesus. You'll be right on every other doctrine. Two texts I have this morning, Colossians 1, 18 that in all things he might have the preeminence. John chapter 14 and in verse 6, Jesus is the way. And there's no other. He has the preeminence in this. I'm going to go back to Colossians again and read this before I close. And I keep in mind John 14 and in verse 6. Jesus is the way. The way is not through a church. It's not through any church creed or doctrine. It's not through a catechism or a ritual of some kind. It's not through any earthly creed. There are religions in this world that would tell you in order for you to get to God, you have to come through their order of priests, their lives. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the way. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the head of the body of the church. 
Make no mistake, Jesus Christ is the head of Central Baptist Church. I had someone ask me a little while back, where's your headquarters? Talking about mission work, and somebody asked me, where's your headquarters? I said, in heaven. They had no idea what I was speaking of. They thought you had to have an earthly organization and somebody over churches. Nope. We have one head, Jesus Christ. He is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. And again, if for no other reason, verse 19, because it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Brother Royce, come and lead us.